Well, hello. I'm Amelia Myers. I'm Jason Rosenwald. And, and this, this is, is Married, married to Hollywood. Hollywood, where we break down the good, the bad, and the ugly about being married to each other and the industry. Hello. Hello. How are you, love? Doing, How's your week? You know, I'm not as tired as I have been. Good. Starting to find my rhythm on these earlier mornings. Yay. Um, the notion of taking a 10 p.m. class on Tuesday nights and starting to <laughs> find my rhythm. Good. Feeling a lot more confident about finding some version of work-life balance, whatever that'll look like. And yeah, overall pretty good. Hoping to um, see some more opportunities open up now that... Um, LA is opening up, Atlanta, New York, all those things now that we're vaccinated and yeah. we can hopefully travel for work. Travel for work. I did just let bum, our agent bum, know, burr. uh, they, she had sent out an announcement saying, Hey, we haven't updated the paperwork since March. Like you get, let, let us know if it's vaccinated, if you're vaccinated, because a lot of productions are now requiring. So this is an interesting thing of the people who are getting vaccinated versus not, um, a lot of the industry productions, mm-hmm. television shows, movies, they are now requiring anyone working on set have the vaccination. So that's going to be an interesting... It's going to be a hot button issue for sure. For those who don't do it. Yeah. Well, there's also... But like, it makes it makes me feel a lot better about yeah, getting back to work on set though. And just for... Not that it's devil's advocate, but it's like a slightly different perspective. What if you're a crew member, producer, uh, actor, and you're immune compromised and you actually can't get the vaccine, right. but you're still a working actor, what position does that put you in? Do you lose out on work um, or do you just have to have a doctor's note that says, no. Um, Saying I actually can't. It's not that I'm anti-vax. I actually cannot. There are There is a group of people who cannot get yeah. the vaccine right now. So that's a really good point. I'm medically ineligible. Medically ineligible. Yeah. To unable get their, to get it to, to get the vaccine. So and would they be able to? That's a really small or be punished. I mean, it, it's a it's small a group. Really, it, they shouldn't. There shouldn't be no punitive action. It'll feel like losing out on opportunities yeah. is punitive. My perspective on it is is that's going to be a real. It's it's hot button and it's really touchy because your medical information is, is private. Is private and it's your business. And for the labor force or production or your employer to insert themselves there is a. It's a very it's a dangerous very place. Gray area that can get dangerous, especially right. especially in our country where it's like personal liberty. Yeah, and ooh, that's where we all end up being like, that's that's an infringement on my rights. It's like that's not the government, so it's not an infringement on your rights. Right. You have the right to work wherever you want. Right. This private company is saying, hey, or this labor union is saying, hey, hey, we require exactly. Isn't and that so it's interesting? Not a violation of your rights. It's not technically, but it's people are going to take it that but way. But it is and a it violation is to of a your degree rights. because you have to actually say publicly, I physically cannot get this mm-hmm. medically. Yeah. And that's something that people have not had to deal with recently and that's I, good ever ever really that I, yeah and it, i mean the not to not to mention all the other like challenging things of the rollout of vaccine um herd immunity and all the, I, i've been been consuming a lot of media about the perspective of um you know should everyone get a vaccine like anti-vax pro-vax the difference between being anti-vax and being skeptical of the vaccine 
Um, there's, it's just like a lot of really interesting information, um, that if you read up from actual experts, not just YouTubers and not just the, (laughs) the, um, the media, um, reporters or journalists, uh, or I shouldn't say journalists in quotes, I should say people that actually have documented sources and appropriate research, reliable, reliable sources. sources. Right. Um, it's, it's dangerous because you end up watching like one or two videos about in a certain direction yeah. and the algorithm then starts well, pumping that, yes. in other videos and yes. I'm, I'm exposing myself unwittingly to, to like, I see how people end up getting radicalized on YouTube so quickly. Is this how, oh, to tie in. All right. So Hulu, cause you know, we, you and I, we all, we shared these accounts yeah. and everything I've been watching, which I'll get into in a minute, but a million little things. I love it. Um, there has been an ad that has suddenly popped up. For what? Four days ago, I was like, that was random. And now it plays a lot. But what you're saying, and now makes sense, it's the right saying, protect your rights. The left are trying to stack the Supreme, like the court justice, and it shows mm. Bernie. And, all that, and it's like, you have until August 15th to to stop this. They the, the left can't pack it. They're going to take away your rights and this and that. And I was like, this is such a far right Ad? How did this suddenly show up in our Hulu? Uh, I mean, that might have something to do with my search history on YouTube. I don't know if, because I don't use Hulu, uh, I don't know if those things are all going to be shared. But we all, it's, no, all, it's you, the no, same know, IP addresses. And so it it's, could be it's like... complicated in that way. Um, but it also could just do with locale. Um, the fact that we're in D.C., the D.C. greater region, that might be targeted to the greater region. Yeah, except where we are is heavily blue further out a little bit in Maryland is red, but where we are uh, is blue. Skip and a hop, skip and a jump. It is a hop, skip and a jump, but I just, it surprised me and yeah. all of a sudden it started playing and I was like, whoa. And it's frightening because if you aren't educating yourself or have true opinions of your own, the way I want, I, I almost want you to see the ad, the way these are designed. If someone's I've definitely seen that ad, it, Hundred percent seen that ad. It almost makes sense what they're saying, and it's like, whoa, whoa, hold yeah. the phone! Like this is how I people mean, get swayed. What is going on? The reality of it they're is they're talking about it, it's going to destroy our yeah way of life, way of way, life. Yeah, left, left, right, and center. Um, it's demonizing wild. the other side and demagoguery yeah. is not. Uh, it's not really. Uh, <laughs> New? No, <laughs> it's, it's not. But it's, it's not. But it has one of those AOC things that's and non-partisan. Bernie and oh gosh, who was the third face up there? Um, um, Nancy um, Pelosi. It wasn't Chuck Nancy, Schumer. but it was a, yeah. Um, Elon and Omar. it shows them, and it was like they're trying to stack the the like we we can't let them push these court justices through, and it just it's so hypocritical because of what they of did what they for just the last did. Four years. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's like, it's just, but it's just so interesting. But the way they approach it of they're going to take away your civil rights and what we hold dear and freedoms and this, and you have the power to stop this and let's not destroy our, the America we love. Mm-hmm. And it's just this very patriotic take down the left. And I was like, this is wild. But it's not, and it keeps playing. It's not patriotic. It's fear mongering. There's no, a difference. No, you're right. They're presenting it as, as patriotic. That, that's what I meant. Yeah. It's being it's, presented it's, uh, as that. It's it's faux patriotism. It's white nationalism yeah. parading as but patriotism. But I could not understand why this suddenly uh, showed but, but up. Did you mention a Jew and a female person of color as the target of uh, I did. their demagoguery? Man, that's I crazy. It's indeed. like there's weird alignment between 
What do you um, think about that? A political action committee <laughs> on the right and white nationalism. Whoa. Sorry for anybody who listens who is politically right of center, um, but there's a lot of really troubling parallels with a lot of uh, ideas on the yes. right. I saw a meme. All right, so you know there's that, I think it must have started on TikTok, but the tell me you're so-and-so without telling me you're so-and-so. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, there's, that's a a giz- there's a gazillion of these. 100% of TikTok, yeah. yeah. Well, there's a meme and it says, <laughs> this is awful, tell me you're a racist without telling me you're a racist. And it shows everyone who voted against the Juneteenth. And, and it's all white men. It, it was like 18 Wait, or 19. people voted against Juneteenth being a federal holiday? Oh, yeah. Oh, it, I missed, it, it, it didn't go through hundred percent. I mean, My, it went through. I managed to miss that. How? But every it, it has this. I'll have to find it. Well, it, ha- it shows right, everyone who voted. All right. Now, now to be against it to be and devil's it's just a advocate. Bunch of white men. I'm sure there are other things involved in that bill that they were voting against. That it would not be surprising that Democrats were like, "Hey, Juneteenth is something we can all get behind, right?" Well, what about these other? <laughs> Policy issues were just going to sneak into this bill. That they're going to sneak in. Maybe, maybe it was some. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. But I, I, it made I'm not me go. Su- it I, made me go. Ha, like, yeah, isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? Yeah. And then the For the People Act. Like, this is going to just turn into a political podcast. Um, <laughs> but the For the People. It's just there's a lot going on yeah, this week. Yeah, it's just it's just interesting because um, nothing. Hmm. I don't need the same level of escapism as we did just maybe a month or two ago. That's good. Um, That's really good, actually. Like, I don't... I'm not afraid to have conversations out there in public. Um, found out that one of my clients... Few of my clients are much more right wing than, than, than initially realized. thought. And I'm like, you know what, though? On a person-to-person basis, having a conversation uh, and come having a conversation of trying to find common ground yes. is much more of an agreeable and what I believe truly patriotic act than demagoguing the other side, straw manning yes. them and saying that you believe all of these things, which are dumb. How can you be X? And it's like, okay, well, right. that's not, they don't believe all of those things. Right. They believe some of them. And yes, some of them are problematic to your opinions because of this, this and that, but not all people are this way, just like no. every other group. Every other, no, no group is a monolith, right? And it's excellent word. It's just, um, it's nice now to have like little bits of escapism. Like we've had, like we just started watching. Is it cursed or cursed? Do we know if it's how's? It, I feel like it should be pronounced cursed. Oh, I feel like it should be pronounced cursed. Now that you said that, but I think it's cursed. <laughs> it's cursed. We finally started. It came out Banished. last year. <laughs> Banished. Thou art banished. Romeo and Juliet. We started... For everyone out there. Truth. We started watching it. So we had, as you know, watched Winks, Winks the Fate... The Fate Or Fate, Fate, the, the Winks Saga. Saga. Yes. Bleh. Which was not a good show, but it was so much fun, but not good. I disagree. It was not fun. Oh, it was I, I thought it was so fun, but it was not good. Then we watched... Um, I always want to say this. I always say... Shadow and Bone? Shadow and Bone. I want to say like... Bone and arrow or something. I'm like, that's not it at all. Bow and arrow? No, a bone. I keep saying bone, bone and arrow. And I'm like, that's not right. Shadow and bone, which, as we said last week, better written, better acted, better shot, better production value. I felt it much more compelling than you. I could not fully get sucked in. I was, I kept waiting and I was like, what? The, there were moments, but it didn't grab you know, me. Sitting a week away from finishing it up, there mm-hmm. are definitely some things about that I series it. that I find uh, they didn't quite 
they didn't quite line up perfectly. Yeah. And as a result, depending on where your mindset is at when you start consuming it, there's not all of the actors and not all of the storylines overlay really well within the world. Like mm. there's certain things that are happening with um, the group that has the like uh, a really cool girl with the knives and the dude yeah. the Jasper, the, the guy that's good with I guns. Like, I like them. They're good. They could have their own story. They could. On their own TV show that they don't need. I think, yes, you just nailed it on the head. It's like four shows in one. Yeah, there's too many storylines happening at once. And you know why that is? It's based on a a teenage book. It's based on a book for kids. Um, So what you're doing is you're setting up a series of books. And also we don't know. That makes sense. We don't know how many of those storylines you're taking care of. In one book. Yeah. And then we pick up and we see, oh, well, that was happening in book one and book two. Versus for episodic television and you have to kind of merge and overlap yeah. to make things happen. Yeah. Okay. And, okay. And okay. as a result, you force you force for, certain I, I stories. I it a little bit more. Yeah. Certain things happen a little, hit mm-hmm. a little bit too easily in the television show. Like, yeah. oh, cool. We all ended up here at the same time. How convenient. That's now a, let's go into the a, fold. But that's a film convention. Yes. I mean, that's, that's yes. one of those things where like, if you write it well enough... It doesn't feel like um, yeah. convenient, but yeah. it's hard to not. Feel I liked it, but I wanted to love it. However, we finally watched Cursed, which we wanted the to first watch episode. last year. We haven't We've start- only seen yeah. the first episode, and it's by far the best of the three. Best of by three by far. We're like, oh, yay, cool! Mm. But it hasn't officially been picked up for a second season yet. I wouldn't play. I, it's hard. It's but hard. But the other two were because because they're based on books. I think this is based. This is based on comic book. Um, Curse is based on a comic book. Curse is based on a comic book. I think. I think, I think one it's of the, the best one of the three. So I think it's because of where it where skews. Because it skews more adult. It does. But maybe that's why I like it. <laughs> but it doesn't skew adult enough. Think about it. It's like almost Game of Thronesy. It definitely has a Game of Thrones but vibe. But not quite that violent. Not quite that sexy. So you don't. But like, there are hints of it. Yeah. So like the person who's like wants that type of entertainment, yeah. like adult content entertainment. Yeah. They're not attracted to it. Right. The teeny, like the young teens who watch the, like it's funny, it's like your target, if your target demographic is like late teen, early 20s, you're going to pick up a lot of those mid and early teens. Yeah. Those mid and early, God bless you. Excuse me. You are excused. Thank those you. mid and early teens, in my opinion, those things feel a little bit taboo and a little bit too heady. Mm, okay. Uh, and um, the storyline, and maybe it's because like I love the Arthurian legends. Yeah. That stuff really clicks it for really me. really clicked. Um, but it doesn't click for everybody because Arthurian mythos is very like Western, white Anglo-Saxon. Well, and like I said to <laughs> you, outside of the world of Disney and the Sword and the Stone and Merlin and A Kid in King Arthur's Court and like those... I actually don't know much past the Merlin. So when you were saying that's so and so and that's so and so, I was like, "Dude, Arthurian." So I feel like I'm really gonna get into. There's a movie coming up called The Green Knight, Mm -hmm. Um, and it's really, it's really cool, and it's about um, the Knights of the Round Table. Oh, very cool. Yeah, it's and the thing about Arthurian legend is it's um in my very reductive understanding of it it's the um point of conflict between true uh authentic anglo-paganism 
and uh, the expansion of the church from Rome mm. and where that conflict met um, between, is it the Ninth Legion? There's like a lot of cool things where they kind of briefly overlap in history where like Arthur Pendragon or Uther Pendragon like could have been a real person. It's it's really cool, like yeah. historicity, historical fiction type stuff. I like stuff. that. I like that. Um, there's you, one, and there's a movie coming out about it? Uh, there's a movie coming out about eight Arthur about an Arthurian legend okay. called The Green Knight. The Green Knight. I'll send you a few YouTube videos about yeah. The Green Knight. It's really cool stuff. Yeah, it's exciting. And I and I do. I love that world and I love when they build it out. But the, it stars Catherine is it Langford. How Catherine Langford, yeah. yeah. Uh, the star of 13, 13 Reasons, Reasons Why. Why. And, and, and almost, I, almost Morgan's almost grown up Morgan Stark. Right, because she was playing Star. She still daughter. may. She still may be. I thought I she. I didn't realize they had cut. They cut her whole story. The whole because you were telling me about how they're going to go on to the next generation with the kids. So I thought she was just going to be yeah, in on that. Yeah, but the Young Avengers is the Young event, and it's like they are setting it up because White Vision is part of that whole setup. Mm-hmm. But the like you haven't aged those characters enough up enough yet. yet. Yeah, and you need to build up a lot to get to Hulkling to get to. <laughs> Hulkling. Yeah. That's really cute. Thor, it's Thor's kid. Um, it's, I think it's. So, so Thor and. It's Thor's kid, Captain America's kid, Hulk's kid. Um, Who mothers Hulk's kid? Um, an alien, I believe. Um, not Scarlet. They don't, they don't. They no, don't they don't get together. get them together. Well, they're not going to because she's <laughs> dead. Black Widow's dead. Black Widow's dead? Oh, oh, yeah, she is. Yeah, she right. died in Endgame. Pregnancy brain, pregnancy she, brain. She didn't die in Endgame. She died in Infinity War. She didn't die in Infinity War. <laughs> she died like she, so years so ago. That the, Black Widow, the Black Widow movie right, right, right. is, uh, it's, it's like a pre- a, what happened while uh, kind of a movie. <laughs> what happened, what, what had happened was. <laughs> um, but right. Anyway, right. so like that was a huge diatribe about a lot of random stuff. Point is, I don't know how that transition is going to go. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be hard. We'll see. I think to, to, if Disney can stick that landing, we are going to be stuck. And I don't mean this in a bad way, but we're going to be stuck with m- superhero content ten for the next ten of, or fifteen more years. Yeah, which isn't a bad thing as long yeah. as they continue to do it well. Well, because they have, well, and, especially the Marvel side, really done all that well. And it's the like, if anything, I've taken from all of the um, the Marvel TV shows and the DC uh, Arrowverse TV shows is. You've got the spoonful of sugar, which is the superheroes drama Makes and the superhero stories. And now tell other stories with that spoonful of sugar. Tell stories about equality. Tell stories about colonialism. Tell stories about women's rights. Tell yes. stories about gay rights. Like, yes. Like make people visible via these palatable things. Because of one thing I've been learning about is paraso- parasocial relationships. So I believe I'm saying that right. So parasocial relationship is... Um, you know how like sometimes you're like, oh, I just love Jennifer Aniston. Not mm-hmm. you specifically, but like people. the general population. Like you have like a relationship with the person. The person. What that does is if like you end up having a relationship in yourself with Sterling K. Brown, mm-hmm. Sterling K. Brown doesn't know who you are. Nope. I would love it if he knew who you were, but he doesn't. Hi. But what's cool about <laughs> this is us and um shows that make people visible. Yeah. Is it deeply psychologically makes you more comfortable with them. Like this is like a known thing. Yeah, absolutely. But the more, the more trans people, people of color, women, 
um, people in the LGBTQ plus community that are shown to be, you know, themselves in media as in this case, in these worlds as superheroes, the more palatable it will be for us normies who are cishet, whatever, yeah, to go, you know what? I'm cool with that population of people because yeah. so-and-so saved New York when uh, that, uh, that, when that nuclear threat happened. happened in that completely fictional world. And as a result, you start becoming That's true, though. comfortable with these people and they become less others. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. All right, wait, just to back up just for a second because yeah. now my mind is stuck on it. All right, what? so we don't know who who the mom for Hulk is. but uh, Not yet, not yet but introduced. Thor... And not Portman? yet introduced, I believe. It's not going to be Portman. It's supposed to be Lady Sif in the comics, I think. Well, are they going to do that? Or are they going to let Jane? Well, bring no. Jane? Well, Jane's back, but Jane's back to die. They kill Jane. Jane's oh. going to die. She becomes Lady Thor, so that she can survive cancer. But as soon as she she gives the powers away, it kills and gives her? them back. Well, she's oh. basically given. She's basically pressing pause on a death sentence for cancer and the the power of Well, could they have a baby in the interim when she's Lady Thor? Well, you know, if that's the if that's what Thor Love and Thunder is about, great. If that that's It's possible. All right, so Star, we know Stark and Pepper and they already have Yeah, but by the one. way, you end up turning if Thor if if Thor and Jane Foster have, have a, a baby. have a baby girl that is by the way the most Disney princess you could be. And the second time, technically within a Disney property, Natalie Portman will have had a kid to die and not raise that child. <laughs> the other being queen, Star Wars. Queen, queen Abidala. Um, that's a very good point. But but I was like, but who else could be Thor's person? Okay. And then... Well, um, Lady Sif's very gone. So. You said... You said... Who was the other one? Um... Captain America has a kid. And so so is it Captain America and Peggy? Like is it their kid? Yeah, but that's in a different like, timeline. The the, like the, right. the whole yeah, thing is timeline. they could be they could also be using all the multiversal stuff to set up an opportunity where that's these people true. already that's exist true. in their own separate in distinct timeline and then, and then they're, they're going to bring them they're going to yeah, werve. Yeah. Um yeah, I like it. Yeah. Like, oh, hi. No, is she kicking? She is kicking. Cool. What's hi, up, little hi, girl? Lady. She's kicking like crazy. She liked my lunch. She's like, "Ooh, food." That was good. That was that was yummy. Speaking of, yeah, I guess that's a, that's a good segue into that. This week has been a very, very big week because yeah. Lila started oh. camp. Yeah, good Lord. And for the very first time, because for the last 16 months, we've been attached at the hip. And any class we went to before the pandemic, it was, was always mommy a mommy and me. And me. Yeah. This was the very first time it was like, bye. Bye. You're cutting an umbilical cord, another one. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and it was, you know, we we talked about it with her and we did a drive-by on Friday. Temple Bethany, they've been wonderful, the, the Ganymede program. They did a, a drive-by for all of us to see where the drop-off point was because due to COVID, we can't we can't even unbuckle her and take her out. Yeah. The counselors take them out of the car. Daily temperature checks. And daily temperature checks, and the kids have to wear masks. Um but Lila is having so much fun, but she, so we drop her off on the first day, and and we, I did post a few pictures and a video. It was so adorable, and we drop her off, and she looked a little nervous and was starting to tear up a little bit when she realized I was not coming in with her, and she was like, "Mommy, mommy," and so I assured her, "Mommy always comes back. I'll see you after camp. You're gonna have so much fun." The counselors took her out, 
and she's holding both of their hands, taking these little tiny, very tentative steps towards the building as we pull away. And the second she is out of my vision, oh, you cried. I just started to ball. Yeah. Every mother's right when you drop off your child. Father too, like you know, it's just when you drop your your child off. And she made a little friend. We're going to do a play date. And we took her back the next day. There were a little more tears um, the next few mornings. But then whenever mm. I'd pick her up, she'd be so excited. So I go to pick her up the very first day. And she runs to me with, oh, my gosh. She gives me the biggest hug. And she goes, Mommy, you came back. And I said, Mommy always comes back. And she goes, I'm so glad to see you. <laughs> <laughs> was like and my heart just she's definitely your daughter oh my gosh i'm so glad to see you and today she kept going you came back for me you came back for me i said mommy will always come back for you. she goes i just love you mother <laughs> it's like i love you too daughter but she's she's growing up and her speech she's always had amazing speech but Seven, eight all of the sudden now, yeah. she's stringing this yesterday instead of saying more bananas please she went i need more bananas in my bowl i looked at her and she went please but I need more bananas in my bowl. That is a complex yeah. sentence to put together. Yeah. She turns three in about a week and a half, which is also insane. But it just blows my mind. And then last night at dinner, I mean, again, we're biased. But on a scale of one to ten of cuteness, last night she was like a 55. 45. <laughs> oh, you gave her more points. I did. She was so animated telling us all about her day. Uh, she had three helpings of dinner. She was starving because, you know, she's playing and all these kids and running around. And it's so exciting. And it's so exciting. And the warming drawer was slightly open and she touched her hand on it and she grabbed her hand. She goes, ouch, ouch. She went, that really, that really hurt. It's still hurting. So Jason got the boo-boo blanket, which is an ice pack. pack. And he puts it on her and she goes, it feels better already, dad. Yeah. And we just started cracking up. It's She's just own. amazing. And in, in a uh, super, or in a theater kid, music theater nerd realm, this is the best. Yes, you may tell so, the story. This is uh, the best. I don't. I don't sing particularly well, and um, <laughs> my brain is a sieve for all nighttime stories and all nighttime songs. I yes. can sing the song. Like I can sing songs I know from my childhood. But any lullabies that we didn't sing as a kid regularly. Like the I, ones that I sing to her a lot. I just don't know them. And was it four months ago or five months ago? She, she told was me like, to stop Daddy, singing. don't sing. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. I get it. I appreciate that. Um, and for a while, my I, I was singing Crazy Town's Butterfly. Because uh, I could. Oh, that's right. That, that happened in, for a little bit. Yep. Um, but then oh, maybe a week or so ago. Mm-hmm. She wanted a song and I was like, I don't, I don't, she asked for a song. I was like, I don't know that one. She's like, sing, sing, sing. So I started with Rent and I started with the first song of Rent. And for those of you that know Rent, I had to. December 24th, 9 p.m. I had to censor it. You have to censor quite, quite Quite a great deal, but it's a great number. I didn't realize that he was doing this. And then I heard there was an alert when he was putting her down last week. Um, because he's been putting her down on Wednesdays and Thursdays just to get her used to it's not going to be mommy all the time when mm-hmm. the baby comes. And I look in and he's changing her diaper on the floor, singing the opening number of Rent. And I happened to look in when it was Mark, when it goes, that was a very loud beep. And she loves I don't even it. Know if this she is just working. laughs. Mark, and she laughs. Yeah. And a few days later, she asked me to sing it. Oh, no, no, no. That's not what happened. You and I were in there together. 
because my belly is getting big and getting on the potty at night is getting to be a challenge yeah. for me. So he comes in and helps when she needs the potty before bed. Mm-hmm. And we're changing her diaper and getting her back in pajamas. And Jason starts singing it. And I sang Roger's part. And her face shot over to me like, You know this too? You know this? Oh my gosh. And she was so excited. And she, she sings asks along for a little it bit now. all the time. She calls it Roger's song. She calls it Roger's song. Despite the fact that it's not Roger's song. No. And it's so cute because it's like, uh, what? Uh, tell the folks at home what you're doing, Roger. And we say, What's, What's Roger, Roger doing? doing? And she goes, Writing one great song. And then yesterday, for the first time, she was truly singing, singing along. along. And we started cracking up because it talks about how he's. His ex girlfriend is a lesbian. withdrawal. And. Yeah, and his ex his ex girlfriend a lesbian. Is, yeah, not a woman. And so he she's just gonna have these super adult <laughs> concepts. What I like about We're censoring it, all the swear words though. Yeah. But what I like about it is it normalizes talking about drug addiction. Yes. It normalizes is talking about um poverty, uh, exploitation, yeah. um, people LGBTQ people. Absolutely. Like, it really I, does. It's like whoa, is one of the reasons why I'm like one of the few people to come out of my home, not not few, there's a good number of people from Wichita, but like one of the major exposures of my childhood to like other culture mm-hmm. was rent was when rent. I was like 10 or 11. Yeah. And I think about it, it's like when I found out that Angel wasn't a woman, my mind exploded. I had the exact same reaction. I was 12 and I was like, wait, that's a guy? That's a guy? Hold the, or what? I, but I guess the way you do it now is, that's a trans woman. Right. Which is awesome. Which is amazing. Or but even in 96 if, when if it was happening. Angel it's identified not, as a trans or, woman. Right. Which Ident- Angel, I, whatever. Whatever I, the character identifies chooses. as. But it's yes, just it's really this thing cool. Of like, wait, what? Yeah. And Maureen and Joanne are this coming. I mean, it's just to be exposed, and we loved it so much as Kids. preteens, yeah. like before we were even teens, and it affected us so greatly. It's really sweet. I love that this is becoming. Yeah. And, and we've we, we've inched thing. into we've inched into the second voicemail or the second the second and third screen calls. And eventually, we'll actually get into the fourth number, which is rent. rent. Yes. Oh right, yeah. No, that's the first three tracks. We do it all as one song. Yeah. Um. It ends right before. Right before the yeah. power blows is where we're we're going to. And you're right. The yeah. song yeah, rent we'll, is next. We'll, we'll intro way forward. We'll just keep on. And we'll we'll figure out how to censor things appropriately. Yeah. But it's really great because it's going to give us an opportunity to talk about lots of cool things um, because that show tackles so many topics. That's one of the brilliant things about that shows. But of that show. But last night I started cracking up because Lila was singing along with us, singing tuning the Fender guitar. He hasn't played in a year. This won't tune. So we hear. Huh. He's just coming back from half a year of withdrawal. You talking to me? Not at all. And I mean, she was yeah. full on singing along, and I. I One love th- having that mindset that you just explained with that. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. And the thing is, it's like as long as we're we're understanding also that her ability to understand, understand things is really macro. She can understand things at a really high level. Yeah. But we have to also teach them in an accessible way. Correct. So that when as she learns right. more information about things, it doesn't necessarily run contrary to what she's already been explained. Yeah. It's like um Finding that makes total sense. Finding out that on a completely different topic, finding out that Columbus did not discover the United States, Amer- did not discover America, North North America, is like 
Because you all know the song, like 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue, and it's what you're taught in school. And well, it's not what you're taught anymore. Well, not anymore, but, but when, like, we, when we were younger. So it's that's one of those things, like if you start with actual, re- actual reality, uh, which is another one from <laughs> Ren, um, you can you can then make certain realities of life more digestible and approachable because if you say like, hey, there are, you know, LGBTQ plus people of color, natives, um, African Americans, like ever all of these different, you know, people are people. Right. And you explain that yes, they're different, but we're all the same. Right. Like it's important that you recognize their differences, celebrate their differences, support them, recognize them, listen to their stories and understand that who they are and where they came from greatly impacts who they are and will become. Like you, you start those conversations with her young, yeah, and then this sweet introduction through musical theater, yeah, you can open her mind up to the concept of disagreeable and challenging topics when she gets older. Um, yeah, just it, like it's one of those things where it's like, man, one of her first big, one of the first words that she's going to say that no other kids her age say unless they have two moms is lesbian. Is lesbian. Yeah, <laughs> like that's like that's great. <laughs> I love that. I love that. No, her, her capability of learning. She, she did the most impressive thing at bedtime the other night. So I think I mentioned last week, right at the very end, she likes me to put my head on her chest mm-hmm. and she'll sing me Brahms lullaby. Mm-hmm. And then she wants me to sing it back to her. So the little bear we have in bed with her stars that projects the stars up on the ceiling and sings lullabies. It has a bunch of different songs. Oh, And this was that amazing. night it happened to be playing Brahms lullaby. It was on that song and it plays on repeat until she like presses a button. And so I went, sing me a lullaby. And I, I heard it in the background, but I wasn't really paying attention to it. And so I put my head down and she goes, rock and good night. And then she kind of scrunched up her eyes, looked, and I heard what was happening. The music that was playing was Brahms Lullaby and it was at a different point in the song. And she paused for a second, skipped five lines ahead and hopped right in on the music exactly where she was supposed to be and then sang the rest of the song to me with the music accompanying her. And she had the biggest smile on her face when she was doing it. And I told her how impressive that was. I can't do that. Beautiful. (laughs) And she goes, now you sing it to me, mommy. And so I went to start it and she goes, wait. And I waited. And when the thing was over and started again, I then sang along with the music and it was so mind blowingly beautiful. I love the arts. (laughs) I do too. And I love how it, you can see their minds form and how important arts are to everyone, especially little ones. It's foundational. It is. So that was, that was amazing. That was amazing. And I'm really, really proud of her. Yeah. I mean, it's been, it's been a big week and she has handled it like. She's a champ. A champ. And just to see how much she's grown physically since Monday has been crazy. She's in a growth spurt, but emotionally and intellectually. And now that she's talking with these other kids, just even you guys building magnetiles the last day or so, just the way it's changing and growing. Her imagination, I just can actively see her imagination expanding. Yes. And it's been, it's one of those things like she's taken the kick gloves off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 1,000%. I love 1,000%. It. So that's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. One last thing as it relates to camp, but it's more on a personal note because mm-hmm. uh, this happened right after we did the podcast last week. So I know mm-hmm. we didn't mention it. Um, they did, what? What? <laughs> He's like, What? They did a parent Zoom orientation last week, last Wednesday night, so that we all knew... Each other? Well, one, to meet the teachers, but two, to 
learn the protocols of drop off and pick up and answer any last minute questions just because we couldn't go in person. So Jason was putting her down for bed on that Wednesday and I was watching and I realized I felt myself get a little choked up in the middle of it and everyone was so nice and I was it well one made me laugh because I have been very uh anxious about camp starting and wanting to make sure I have everything packed right and everything done right and then I was listening to these other moms talk and I almost laughed because on a scale of one to ten of like ten being the most neurotic you can be and like oh my gosh compared to a lot of these other moms I'm like a two so that that really really made me laugh but I well thank you for that but no the last couple of weeks I've been feeling myself get revved up and anxious for this and so it made me chuckle that they were even more so than me but I got off from it and I felt myself get a little emotional when I was telling you what they were all saying at the meeting and I realized and I just I either hadn't been able to articulate it or even recognize the emotion. But I grew up here. I grew up at Temple Bethany. I've been away for so many years. And I also never, ever thought we'd be back now starting preschool. I thought when we came back, it'd be a little later on. And I don't know any of the teachers. You know, my dad used to be president and the Myers family, were, we, we, were, we were known at Bethany, like people knew who we were. I didn't know any of the teachers. I didn't know these other parents. I didn't know. And it was this whole thing of, it almost felt like I was a poser or like an outsider. And it was very odd because it's it's a very bittersweet and comforting feeling knowing that my daughter is now entering this warm community that I grew up in. But being away from it for so long, it almost feels false or fake is the wrong word, but just being like, I'm back. But being accepted and everyone's being so lovely. And that first day of camp, I reconnected with three moms who I haven't talked to in 15 plus years from high school and just kind of growing up around and their kids are in the same group with her. And we're all going to, you know, safely and bubbled, but get get together and it's really fun kind of reconnect. And it just it it put me a little more at ease of wow, okay, no, this is this is good. And she's spreading her wings and flying and going to that next step. And it's wild. It is wild. It is. It really is. So I just wanted to get that in there too. But I love you. Love you too. So much. And I know we are about to go watch. Let's go. Let's go. Come on. Go watch Loki Loki. before I teach. And I'm just very proud of you and I love you. Love you too. And thank you all for tuning in. Like you said. I'm Amelia Myers. I'm Jason Rosewall. And And this this has been been Married to Hollywood. Hollywood. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Love is love. Love is love is love. Love does matter. Stop loving each other. Yes. If you can, get the vaccine. Yes. Take care of each other. Love each other. Vote. Um, For those of you in New York, good luck figuring out who your mayor is. Yes. And (laughs) we will talk to you soon. Thank you for listening. We love you. Love you. Bye. Bye.